This is episode number 229 of the Rising Man podcast with Sean Barry, Eric Ely Blaze, and Ryan Wilcox. Are we making our lives easier or more complex? What is up, Rising Man family? Jetty Azuma here behind the mic again for another episode of the Rising Man podcast. I've got an exciting one here for you guys today. A different one that we've never quite done before. So before we get into that, reminder that our enrollment period for Compass for the first half of 2023 is now open. Spots are filling up fast, but we do still have some openings available. All you have to do is go to risingman.org slash compass to register and apply for a four-day solo wilderness fast. Come with us out into the middle of nowhere. Create those conditions for clarity so that you can move forward into the next amazing chapter in your life. Risingman.org slash compass. Go ahead and apply today. All right, guys, this is a special episode that we've got live from our beloved Rainbow Rock Canyon in the outskirts of Death Valley. We recorded this episode on site for, with myself, Sean Barry, Ryan Wilcox, and Eric Ely Blaze. Decided to have a roundtable discussion on several topics, specifically pertaining to community and brotherhood. We discussed what actually draws men into communities like the Rising Man, especially Ryan and Eric's experiences of getting immersed in this community. We talked about rethinking the value a human holds in a community and returning to traditional models of society, how that could benefit us, and what we really have to overcome in order to do that. We discussed how we've made our lives more complex, thus introduced more problems for ourselves to solve, which in essence has taken us away from relationships, and how we can recreate a new model for society that is built on the bonds of brotherhood, family, and village. Without further ado, all of us. All right, uh, welcome back to the Rising Man podcast. Here we are on site again in the beautiful outskirts of Death Valley. Here with the illustrious Sean Barry once again, Desert Diaries Part Two, <laughs> and also with two of our esteemed apprentices uh, to my left, Eric Ely Blaze and Sir Ryan Wilcox, right there. Um, wanted to take an opportunity to catch this. Well, this opportunity to have a conversation with you guys, men who have been a part of the Rising Man journey for a long time, men who came into the Rising Man movement without much pretext or much of a sense of what it means to lead other men. And so um, I guess just for starters, I'd like to hear from each one of you guys, what, what did you think brotherhood was before you became a member of the Rising Man movement? Why don't you go ahead first, Ryan? Hmm. <laughs> Mm. I don't know that I have like a definition of that in my mind, but if I'm to draw myself backwards a few years, what I think about brotherhood, I think about like other guys that are interested in the same kind of like fun things that I am interested in and just like come, you know, that, that like jovial camaraderie of like all right we we all go surf together then drink together and talk about women those kinds of things so nothing really like nothing really solid mm. about you eric uh yeah i can definitely um echo what ryan was saying and just thinking about like for me it was like brotherhood for it was just like men that were there to have my back you know call me out on my on my bullshit men to you know pick me up when i'm down and so <clears throat> ryan you got involved with rising man back in 2019 <clears throat> and eric not too not too long before that um what would you guys say has been the the biggest change to that definition of, of brotherhood and I guess just being a part of a community of men since that time up until now, three years later. Hmm. <laughs> Everything. <laughs> yeah, brotherhood to me now is like almost the the vibe that it, it the word takes on is like Knights of the Round Table kind of a feel. Kind of like the Spartans, you know, like someone I consider to be my brother is someone who I consider has my back, uh, has my best interest at heart, even if 
even if I don't in that moment, they're willing to pull me aside and be like, hey, dude, what's up? Why are you doing these things the way that you're doing them now? And then the original definition I just gave still stands, but it has like a much more of a deepening and a trust to it when that element is involved, when I can truly trust the man in front of me to hold me to my highest standard, even when I'm not willing to be there myself. Yeah. Uh, so it's similar to what I was saying before, but now it's even, it is, it's an even higher standard. Um, instead of just being able to call a man and be like, Hey, I need help. I get the call and say, how you doing? Right. And, um, they're men that I can learn from men that I can teach. Um, it's just this greater sense of camaraderie opposed to just like bros, you know, guys that I can go do things with, like, you know, drink or talk about women, but more about just the idea of where are you going? What are you doing? How are you doing it? When are you going to do it by? Right? More detail into the support instead of just being like, good job. But like, are you continuing to move the needle? So we were just having a conversation for a while about ultimately what we want this organization to look like from the top down. We're talking about having people in your life that you know you can really count on and um, what it takes to create a culture like that. And essentially we're creating something that I don't think any of us have ever really seen or experienced before. Um, I know I've, I feel like I've been fortunate myself to have relationships like that for the better part of my life. but how do we really create this in a way that men can understand, men can connect to? So there's so much that we got to fracture and break away from. There's so much conditioning and programming and ideas of what being a man or being in a relationship with other men actually looks like. So when I hear what you guys are talking about as your reference for what you came into this community with and what you're experiencing here now, I'm just thinking of what does it really take to communicate that to guys who are taking their first step into rising men who are this is the first episode of the podcast that they're ever listening to what, are, what how do we paint that picture you know that's that's the question i'm always asking myself yeah i mean for me i think it's the difference between you know reading a book or hearing information and being present to someone who's embodying it and, and getting all the subtext that's communicated through just proximity to, you know, aliveness and personhood as opposed to just what's in text or, you know, in a voice. And, uh, and I think so much of our culture in general is oriented to that of, of just, you know, prioritizing the efficiency of, of information, moving information around as opposed to the priority of embodiment, embodying information, which essentially becomes wisdom over time. You know, it's like you can watch all the videos you want about, you know, how to do a martial arts, but until you're actually on the mat with someone who's embodied the mastery of a martial art, there's all the, the, just the nuances that you just can't get from watching a 2D screen or hearing someone's voice in your head. And I think in the same way that we're trying to create leadership programs that, uh, that require, you know, long-term participation so that there is a uh, just a, a direct transmission of a very uh, um, you know something that has like a lot of fidelity and integrity that gets handed down and, and not something that's a flavor of a flavor of a flavor you know mm. um, because I think a lot of the work we're doing especially with compass and stuff is it is this order of transformation like we're we're, at, we're literally asking men to go out there and stop being who they are. <laughs> You know, that's huge. That's a huge ask. That's essentially what we're doing. We're, you know, ritual death. Go out there and die. Let the, every, everything you've considered valuable and important to yourself and who you're about, to go out there the, to, the, you know, to the desert or the woods or the forest or wherever and say goodbye to that man. And that's huge. I don't, I don't really think you can get the... I don't really think a man can... Or, you know, women too are doing this work as well, but... I just don't think that's, you know, we were talking about this earlier, this idea of, um, what was it that book you were reading was saying? 
about people hanging out in the liminal state, and, mm-hmm. you know. Yeah, the uh, talking about the um, there's something about um, consciousness, state of consciousness. Well, I guess we'll just use our own language, right? So, in a rite of passage, there's severance, which is the process of you know doing uh, taking inventory of who you are getting clear on what you've been about then getting prepared to let that identity die and then going out to a threshold experience which is what you know the men out in the hills behind us are doing right now four days and four nights no food just water by themselves on their own um which is you know what is often called the ordeal or the high like the like oh shit this is what it's really about here we go and then coming out of there with this new vision of who you're going to be and what you're about and how you're going to approach the world as that new man with those new ideals, those new values. And, and that really not happening a lot in our world. So we've got, we were talking about like, you know, the festival circuit and um, weekend workshops and, plant you know, medicine ceremony. Yeah. Yeah. Plant ceremonies. And it's like, you can just kind of go from, experiencing these you know threshold experiences to threshold experiences to threshold experiences and not really take the time or or know that there should be time taken to fully digest those experiences mm-hmm. and incorporate the knowledge and the wisdom that you've gained and have the support of a community to help you start to live out your day-to-day life with those new realizations mm-hmm. um so yeah I, and again just coming back to I think it's great that there's so much out there on offer. So this isn't uh, talking down to anyone who's out there putting a program out there that's geared to help people transform into higher states of themselves. Um, It's really just noticing that culturally, because we are such a transient, busy, fast-paced, separated culture, um, it's really hard to create value and space for people to do, to take the time that it really takes to embody that newfound wisdom or that newfound paradigm and to start peering into your life through that new vision and take the baby steps that it takes over time, just like a toddler. Like you need people to hold your hands on those first few steps just to get mm. get the feel. Cause if you don't, and you know, I think people fall and get hurt like a baby hitting their head in the corner of a table when they fall, you know, it's like, it sets you back and mm. you, you're less likely to get up and start doing it again because it was painful. Yeah, that that really reminds me. Thank Ted for bringing that book, Mastery, around because the experiences that we, as we'll just say civilization, are used to having is like climax after climax after climax. And I'm beginning to understand more and more for myself that it's really about like mastery, and that involves a lot of big growth and then a plateau of nothingness for a while. And no, it's not like nothing is happening in that nothingness, but in, unless we're able to hold that and lose a little bit of growth for a second and come back to it and hold that desire to be in the process before we can hit another point of what we'll call rapid growth in the moment, then yeah, if, if we're stuck in that instant gratification phase that is so prominent in Western civilization, then we will just go from experience to experience, never digesting what, what we get, like you said. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we've been talking a lot this week about the long game, you know, emphasizing the long game. And I think it comes down to, are we going to prioritize experiences or culture? And to me, culture is something that has, has been really evasive in my, in my life. Uh, there's the culture that I was spoon-fed when I was growing up. There's the culture that I elected and, and chose for myself. And I think when we're, when we're really talking about the types of men that we're inviting into our community and the men we really want to be a part of rising men moving forward, you know, the, the shoulders that we're asking for her so that the next generation of rising men can stand upon are men who really are hungry for culture and and know how to be stewards of of culture because experiences come and go and just like you were saying in that that book mastery by george leonard those experiences are fleeting and they're not they they don't stick around everybody knows what that feels like Uh, 
just just the other day when Sean and I were recording our episode, we were talking about vacations. You know, people often they go on vacations and they have this expectation of what they're going to experience, and then the experience is over, and then there's the well, now what? Because you can't hold on to an experience, you can't hold on to a moment. Mm-hmm. Life is about building from building upon one experience to the next, to the next, to the next. So I really want to echo what you were saying, Sean. I think that it's it's valuable that there's a lot of opportunities for people to go and have transformational experiences. But what does it look like to actually transform a self, and then to be go beyond transforming a self, but transforming an entire community? Um, you know that word personal development is a buzzword right everyone's talking about personal development personal growth but i'm much more interested in collective development what does it look like for us as a collective to develop ourselves to really transform what society looks like for us in and doing so in small ways first you know reducing it down to small component parts and disseminating that through these smaller circles mm. it reminds me of the saying that the uh, the era of the lone wolf is over and um, I've heard a lot of people say that before and even still living in a lone wolf kind of a way. Like I, I, I can't even say for myself that I'm fully in a tribal community, whatever, a conglomerate of humans kind of being. It, it, for the most part, I'm looking for the skin on my own back. And I, you know, I'm speculating here, but I don't know that until we can move to a place where we have our individuality, but each one of us is looking out for each other's interests like we are one living organism, it's gonna be near impossible to spread that further and further to encompass the world that we live on. Yeah, it's good. That actually makes me have a question for you guys. Um, so having you know, seen an organization like Rising Man out there and then feel the pull to participate with the programs and then feel the pull to become part of, you know, a training and, you know, both of you guys are showing up a lot of different ways. Um, what are you seeing? You know, what what is it that you guys are seeing that kind of speaks to that, you know, piece of like, hey, maybe this, this is a, uh, you know, this is a opportunity to build upon that concept of, we're doing it with each other for each other what what was what was you saying you know what was the value the standard or the you know from your perspective what was the the draw um the draw for me was <clears throat> understanding and learning leadership and how to be able to embody who i really wanted to be and recognizing that um, that it didn't just it wasn't just for me it was the impact that I have on the people that I interact with the most and even people that I don't interact with very often but you know being able to show up into a room with to show up into a room with a whole bunch of strangers and people seeing that like oh hey you know his uh, his embodiment is really just you know, really, it's gravitational, right? And wanting to understand how to be more like that. I couldn't really explain how to be that way. Just knowing that like through Rising Man and through the programs and being exposed to other men that are embodying their, their values and their leadership, it's just like, it just starts to happen more and more because you see the value that these people bring to certain places and, and experiences that we're having. So it's like the experience, yeah, so like like Jetty was saying, you can have experience after experience, but it's fleeting. But when you integrate what you're learning from those experiences into your embodiment, it just becomes almost... Uh, wouldn't call it addictive but it's like it's just this thing that you want to see more of and you want to see those that you love be able to express themselves that way as well mm-hmm. yeah i gotta say uh, a series of fortunate events uh i back to the what we were just talking about of the 
with the um, instant gratification mindset like I was going from experience to experience in some degree and manner and it took other people recognizing something in me to offer something up to me that would help me move along the path I was in a place where I really didn't want to be and I was really uncomfortable in that place. I knew that if I continued down that road, it was just gonna lead me to, I don't know, a dead end or a place of depression that I've been in before. And you calling me and being like, hey, there's this thing called Compass. And Mark Rose offering me to be in the fire circles to, to forward my growth in that way. And then continuous opportunities for leadership that the willingness that I had to say yes was a huge part of that. And I don't know that I would have purposefully carved that space out for myself if it wasn't offered by people who saw something in me who were willing to take a chance on me. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it makes me think of this this article I reference all the time. I, I know I've definitely talked about it on podcast episodes before, um, but it takes, a, it takes an extended look at Maslow's hierarchy of needs people who aren't familiar with Maslow, they can go and look it up. Um, just the hierarchy of needs that identifies what motivates people, essentially is what his research was, is what motivates people to take action to do certain things. And starting at the bottom of the pyramid, you know, food, sleep, warmth, the basic needs, moving up the ladder through the different, um, not just physiological needs, but then emotional needs that we have, needs for belonging, needs to be acknowledged, ultimately resulting in a self-actualized person. And to me, I always looked at that pyramid as, as just the beginning, the thing that so many of us didn't receive moving from childhood through adolescence and into adulthood is we never really got to self-actualization because a financial need wasn't met, a physiological need wasn't met, an emotional need wasn't met. So I think what a lot of the personal development world, especially in the realm of men's work, is doing is we're, we're in sometimes very clumsy ways trying to figure out how to create establish these baseline needs for ourselves so we can actually be self-actualized people which i ultimately interpret through our language as having a gift to give back to the community but as we know that's just the beginning right in in the in the model of a rite of passage incorporating that gift and having something to give back is really what it's all about so this new model of maslow's hierarchy takes self-actualization and transports transports it into another pyramid that goes from self-actualization to community actualization to cultural perpetuity where we create a a whole community of self-actualized peoples when you have everybody activated and fully implementing their gift you have a well-oiled machine Mm -hmm. it's like a whole nother organism so i think of just one self-actualized person in the world who has all of their fundamental needs met because of the support of the community and the family that helped raise them and then moving that forward to a whole circle of community actualized people, a whole community that's actualized because we're all self-actualized peoples. And now we have something that we can hand off to the next generation. Mm-hmm. And so I think when I really reflect on what we're doing here, because we're, we're still figuring this out as we go to, you know, what does it look like to create a community that can, that can usher men to that threshold and help them get to that place of self-actualization so that that gift that they have to give is fully primed and ready to be delivered and then that becomes a greater part of this of this organism of actualized peoples and what's possible then mm-hmm. i don't know if we've ever really seen that i know i've never seen that i've never seen an entire community or family of actualized peoples who are fully in their gifts who are, who are giving back entirely what they have and um that's that's what i'd like to see that's what I'd really like to see us create. I think we're, we're on our way to doing that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think that was the big draw for me too. It was just finding my own self-actualization, seeing others like Getty and Sean and Ryan <clears throat> and being like, that's what that's a level that I'd like to reach as well. And I'm not gonna be able to do that by myself in the lone you know, in the lone wolf world through community and support you know mm. I think, yeah 
Go ahead. To uh, back to your your other question, the willingness that I had and the reason why I was so willing to say yes and things like that is because of exactly what Eric was saying. The people who were offering me to learn and grow from were people who I trusted and people who I aspired to be like in some reason or another. Because, yeah. you, you know, a lot of people are willing to give opportunity, but unless they're embodying the thing that they're preaching, it's almost like a hollow offer in my heart, I guess. So to really see the way that you guys live your lives outside of the container that is the Rising Man movement is a massive draw for me. Yeah, well, that leads up to something we were talking about a little bit, just leading into this conversation too, which was, you know looking at the way uh, Western civilization tends to run businesses or tends to run organizations and all these models out there about what makes them successful and looking at what's happening in Rising Man and, and trying to see if there's a way to identify, uh, you know, we talk about the long game, right? And looking at ways to identify what makes the long game valuable. You know, I would say the longest game, right? What makes the longest game valuable other than the potential for financial success or power or all these things that tend to come, the promises that tend to come with, you know, committing one's, a, a large part of one's life to pursuing something, you know, which is usually involving sacrifice, giving over a lot of your stuff, you know, like, hey, make this sacrifice of your time and energy and creativity and you'll be rewarded with these things. And what we are really have been talking about is, hey, we're creating a space where people can get in touch with what their their uh, their gift is. You know, when, we, when I know when I say gift, I'm really thinking about like, how is it? You know, we all have these human attributes. You know, being loving, being kind, being curious, being strong, being a good a good listener, uh, being compassionate. Right, all these kind of aspects that humans can show up with for each other. And for me, the gift is learning how to identify where, what your wheelhouse is. You know, everyone's going to be able to d- identify a handful of those gifts that they really excel at, or that they, that they desire to excel at. And what's required is having opportunities and experiences to, you know, to bring those out. Right? To cultivate them and to embody them and to feel that the confidence that comes with knowing how to identify situations and circumstances where you can bring that out to, you know, of yourself as a gift, not as a something you have to give over and then be rewarded for. Like the reward comes from getting to show up as that person you truly desire to be because we've created contexts and opportunities for people to do that. You know, setting a stage, so to speak, mm-hmm. you know. If you're a great drummer, it's, it's like... We want to create an opportunity for for that person to get to play the drums and people can witness and receive the beauty of like wow it's amazing what this person can do with the drums you know and and i think that's the a nuance of what we're talking about is you know getting back to what you're saying jetty about um maslow's and the, and the community actualization and to me it's like there's a little bit of a mystery of going back and looking at how where did we lose that because obviously there was a time and you know going back to a certain era where community actualization was the thing in our sort of tribal lineages we all come from where we were just a singular people and everyone had a role and their role was viable and they understood the importance of the role and they were you know acknowledged for their role and if you didn't do your role, it could really hurt a lot of people. Very, you know, it was obvious. Mm. You know, the tangibility was, was very visceral. And then coming into the more modern times with our technology and the way people can move around the world and all the things we kind of get involved with, we've sort of lost that value. And I think primarily because we don't have to, like, we don't have to do that anymore. No one's obligated. Like, well, half of us probably couldn't even really identify, like, who our community is, mm. let alone, you know, show up for them in a tangible way. Like, most of us are going to jobs and doing work that has absolutely, offers absolutely nothing <laughs> to the person, you know, that we care about the most. Mm. You know, it's like, mm. if I'm going to, if I work at a software company, and I'm programming software for a game, 
like that does nothing for the people I truly want to support and love. They're, they don't value my programming skills, right? There's a conversion thing with money that mm-hmm. becomes the value. And I think that's sort of where the separation is, is can we get back to a place where um, what I actually, who I am and my beingness and my passions of, of how I am just as a human become tangible again as an, as an offering, as a gift to the people I truly care about and the community I want to be a part of for whatever they're, they're holding. Yeah. Well, there's actually some fundamental um, obstacles and, and barriers that have been introduced by civilization. I just started rereading uh, Sapiens um, by uh, Yuval Noah Harari. And what he was talking about is we, we accidentally made our lives more complex and more difficult by introducing systems of agriculture mm. and, and systems of economy because on a very basic level, it made it easier for us to have more children, it made it easier for our lives to become bigger than when we were just simple hunter-gatherers and foragers. And we thought by, well, if I can just grow my food here instead of having to go chase it all day long, I, my life will get easier. I won't have to work as hard. I won't have to worry about feeding my kids. This is literally what our ancestors did about 10,000 years ago. But we accidentally initiated this cycle that is really hard to reverse. In fact, it might be impossible to reverse at this point because because mm. what happens is after a few generations of that, we don't even remember what it was like to have a less complex lifestyle where we had more times to prioritize relationships, where we had more times to reflect on who I am as an individual and have, even have space for that mentorship, mm-hmm. right? I mean, now we, have, we literally have things called retreats. We have to retreat from our lives to go and discover who we are. Mm-hmm. And that's so incongruent with the normal development of, of humans. And I know you speak to this a lot about just the, 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 the time span of how long we've been doing humanity this way versus the greater time spectrum of things so when we come out here and we have experiences like this and men like you guys come into this community and we have these moments of connection and we're out here in the middle of nowhere and it's so quiet and things just make sense out here just a conversation you and i were having last night under the stars late at night we're just like ah it's so easy to connect the dots out here Mm. because we're we're living more on this timeline Mm. in this context versus where this this complexity that doesn't really make sense with how we're biologically engineered yeah yeah like I'm, <clears throat> I'm hearing the connection between what sean was just saying and what you were saying jetty is like you know we're out here and you know i'm this software engineer and i'm doing all this thing and it really has no effect or no there's no you know there's no there's no benefit to the people that i love the most you know, except for the paycheck so I can go buy the food, which I'm completely disconnected from now because it's just so convenient for me to go here. But we're losing that time to spend with those people and and building those connections. You know, it's like I come home from working eight, 12 hours designing software and my children want to have fun or my spouse wants to spend some quality time with me and I'm exhausted, I just need to eat and take a shower and get caught up on something that I have to deal with at work tomorrow. And that we're just like fully disconnected. And then, you know, my spouse is doing a similar thing with whatever her day is um, filled with. And then she comes home and all she's trying to do is take care of the child, but she still has to cook and clean and do all these things that, you know, society is is calling like important. Right. And I mean, those things, you know, need to be done, but now there's no time. Right. It's like Mm. all these hours in our days are just like being pulled away from us because society has created this, this, this paradigm of like, you know, work and and creating things for other people that will never be connected to. Say, Eric, where did you find that spouse? I mean, she works, she cooks, she cleans, she takes care of the kids. I got to find me one of those. <laughs> I don't know, man. I, just, I, just, I manifested her. <laughs> but there's something to be said to, to all of that. And what you're mentioning, Jetty, about it's easier to connect the dots when we're out here. Something that I'm discovering for myself is that... Um, 
coming back to the time of nature. Na like nature has its own rhythms and timing that the intellect of the human mind, we're so capable of moving like that to almost to our bane, right? Like we're, we're on to the next thing, on to the next thing, creating, creating, creating. And our bodies, in my opinion, actually literally can't move at that rate. Their illnesses come out. Like how many people do you know that are burnt out because of the things that they're doing on a day-to-day -day level? And then when I step back and remove myself from that kind of a lifestyle, which thankfully I've been grateful and blessed to be able to do that for a long period of time and really just slow down the pace in which I live my life, somehow I feel like quantum leaps, you know? I feel like I'm moving like lightning with the things that I actually want to move my life forward with compared to having all these tentacles out in different directions, all these things that need to get done in order for my day to feel good and complete and take care of the bosses, this and that. And when I'm in a container like this, out in the natural world, everything just kind of melts away. You know, back when foraging and hunting was a, was a real, was the thing, it's not like how land is today where you had to go hours and hours and hours to hunt for something and actually maybe get one thing, maybe not. Like, I believe that the land was much more abundant. One, because we stewarded it in that way. And two, because we just knew how to look and where to navigate to find those kinds of things. Like, it would be hard-pressed to believe that people were living where we are right now in an abundant lifestyle without water, without natural resources to sustain that. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. But that's coming a little bit away from the nature time. Yeah. yeah. Well, I think what people are ultimately trying to do is we're all just trying to figure it out. We're all just trying to figure out how to make life work for ourselves. And if we could all just achieve that, if we all could just snap our fingers and have all of our basic needs met i think that we'd ultimately just fall back into service mm. that's that's what i believe is in the hearts of all men is that we all just deeply want to be of service we all want to be uh valuable to our community and we want to be able to give back and over the grand scheme of the history of humans it's it's looked like a lot of different ways but at the core level it's always been about providing for my family taking care of the people that i love and finding a way to set up the next generation as best that I can. So when I extrapolate that formula and I apply it to the guy who's working at a tech job right now, who's you know maybe at a tech startup, they're working 60 to 80 hours a week, they're focused on financial goals and trying to pay mortgages and all of the different, all of the different check boxes that we have how much of that is actually reflective of how that man wants to be of service on this planet versus just this is the best way I can find right now to solve this puzzle. Mm -hmm. And uh, I, I get it. You know, it's not to it's not to diminish what people are out there doing and how they're fig trying to figure out their lives, because who am I to know what, what anyone should be doing? But. I believe that a lot of what you were saying before about just the illness, just like the illness of society is because there's so much disconnection from how our bodies are engineered to be used and implemented and how we're actually using them. Mm. Um, and going back to the mission in Rising Man, you know, our, our mission is to initiate an entire generation of men into purpose-driven leadership. And that last part, that purpose-driven leadership part represents exactly what we're talking about here. And it looks differently for each one of us. Even the four of us right here, we're all part of the Rising Man leadership team and every single one of us has a different version of what purpose-driven leadership looks like for us. But the ways in which we're uh, communicating and articulating our leadership is connected to a unique purpose that we each have. So really, when it comes down to it, that's, that's what we're, we're guiding men towards is identifying what that purpose is. And maybe you still have to work a nine-to-five job to figure out how to express that unique purpose but not just accepting that this is the way that it has to be 
that I, I must be stuck in this way of living because it's what I was given. Mm. You know? The imagery that I have in my mind is like a caterpillar, right? Caterpillar is just going about doing its thing, eating grass, eating grass, well, whatever it eats. And there becomes a point, I don't know what it feels, but for me, it's that uncomfortability that starts to come up inside of me. And if I'm stuck in this place and I'm sitting in that uncomfortability, I'm going to be a cat. I'm going to die a caterpillar. But if I'm willing to go through that transformation and mush myself into some sort of weird gel that's inside of a cocoon, then I can emerge out of uh, the butterfly. But the caterpillar also doesn't know that it's going to turn into a butterfly. It just knows that what it's currently doing isn't working anymore, and it's got to metamorphosize. Mm. Yeah, well, that makes you think, too, just within the message of Rising Man is, you know, how would I say it? Like purpose-driven, but also looking at, you know, we've talked about this before in different levels of... Are we, are we putting, uh, uh, you know, um, like for instance, I said this the other day, like if I knew someone came out to do Compass and they were re-identifying as uh, a new, you know, they were going to become a new oil tycoon, <laughs> you know, like I see myself, you know, like, I mean, they may have all the right uh, values and, and standards about what that gift would be to the, to the world, what it provides for people. But there's a fundamental uh, paradigm there that I can't get behind anymore because I know that down the, the long road is it's, it's, it's going to be harmful overall. And so when I think about the purpose-driven, you know, leadership with Rising Man, it is we are, we are trying to cultivate an awareness in every man. I don't know if I'd say it's responsibility in a sense it is, but I mean, we have to build a new earth, you know, and I... This might be a little bit off of our topic, but I think it's relevant to say that if we look at the way we've, you know, the things we've made important and valuable, and especially in, especially in Western civilization, you know, all the things we kind of hold up as like the things we want to achieve, and people have been achieving them for many many decades now, and if we look around at the cost of the number of people that have been able to achieve a certain lifestyle, it's not pretty. The cost, you know whether it's climate change or pollution or waste and inefficiencies and marginalization and poverty and yeah. all the, you know, mental illness and all the stuff that is extremely pronounced compared to just 500 years ago, compared to just 5,000 years ago. You know, we don't really have, you know, you think about with, with kids having ADHD and being on medication at early ages and it's, it's stuff that's, I feel like is all these indicators of um, it's, it's great to want to experience success and all the things that come with it as far as like living the life we want to live. I just feel like going forward into the future, we need men who are going to whatever group of men. I think about the founding fathers, right? The guys sitting around the kind of constitution and, and the vision they had. The the hand it was just a handful of, of men, right? And it was flawed. It was a very flawed idea, but nonetheless, they rallied around a vision and they had enough volition to actually create a nation. Mm. I mean, that's powerful. That's amazing that a handful of men could do that. And to me, it's the same thing that, okay, yeah, it was flawed and all those flaws have become very, we see now the flaws are in full flourish in our societies. And what group of men is it gonna take now to re-envision how to correct those flaws, how to improve and better upon, you know, what does it mean to be create, to, you know, to have, you know, life living in the pursuit of happiness or whatever it is that is gonna create even a, a higher level of equanimity, a higher level of equality, a higher level of brotherhood and uh, you know, community and, and, and you know, nationhood for lack of a better word. So to me, I feel like that is, that's the kind of people I wanna be around, is people who are, who are able to actually face 
face the fact that the systems we've been living on are, are not going to cut it going forward. They're not, mm-hmm. you know, and there's a bunch of us, myself included, who are going to have to be willing to say, I'll be one of the first ones to stop pursuing that dream. And I'll, I'm willing to make the sacrifices to, to be uncomfortable relative to the society around me that is saying this is what comfortable should be. And, and to you know, start cultivating a, a, a repository of, of men, a, a community where other men can come into who are disillusioned or seeing the dissatisfaction or who are aware that the pursuits they are already on are, are not, not good. <laughs> not to qualify it, but... And they need to come into a place where there's enough men around who are holding a picture of a different way to do things that becomes reinforced because we're looking at each other, we're holding each other in that accountability. We're holding each other in the value. We're creating a new value amongst ourselves and saying, we want to do it this way. Yeah. That just reminds me of, uh, there's the process of severance, you know, speaking of compass, speaking of any rite of passage, the, the shattering and the and committing to death and mm-hmm. identity can be such a vulnerable and scary process. And so for anyone who's created a whole career or a whole livelihood, a way of providing for a family, a way of creating generational wealth and legacy for their children to, to release that without mm-hmm. knowing what's next mm-hmm. is a very scary thing. Mm-hmm. And yeah. So imagining a new earth, imagining a new possibility uh, for myself is often trying to just tap into the compassion and, and empathize with what that experience must be like to, to release that, to release... Mm-hmm an idea of how I was going to live the rest of my life. So if, if I was somebody who owned an oil company and even trying to begin to imagine letting go of that in exchange for something else, it's, it's, it's massive. And so, uh, so just figuring out how do we, cause it's really no different than what we're doing here. We're just creating a space and a context for someone to release their whole identity and be in that interstitial space of floating and not mm. knowing where one might land, but knowing that there is a landing space on the other side of that threshold. Yeah. And uh, when you were talking, Shauna is making me think that, yeah, perhaps there's a, a greater specification that we get to put into our mission statement because initiating all, an entire generation of men to be purpose-driven leaders and stewards of a new earth is really what we've been talking about from the beginning. Mm-hmm. And that's really what what we've been looking for. It's the type of men we've been recruiting into our space, and you know, so far we haven't had any oil tycoons or, <laughs> or folks of that uh, persuasion in our community yet. But I do think that there's it's a great opportunity to be even more specific about that mm-hmm. and to set that mm-hmm. bar and that standard higher for all of us. Because I know there's I know there's still plenty of room for me to be even more of a purpose driven leader, to be even uh, an even better steward of the new earth. And to just really plant that flag in the ground, declare that. Mm-hmm. There's something in there. I'm glad you tied it back to the rites of passage. Where I don't know if this is a magic pill, but in my mind, like I trust that being out here for these men will bring them to a vision that leads them to that what we're calling at this point a new earth right like nature-based initiatory rites of passage bringing you know we're we're just setting a container and bringing people out in a safe way to come and explore the greatest teacher that exists in my opinion and my trust is that whatever they find out there is the right thing for them yeah yeah any thoughts, Eric? Um, yeah, I just, I, you know, thinking about, you know, this severance phase that you're talking about and how it's this, the, you know, severance and redefining identity. It's There's this, like, attachment that, that society is, um, is really pushing for, you know, what success and abundance really looks like. But I think the truth of success and abundance is, you know, that a being of service, right? And these things that we can create are energies that we get to that we get to share, right? It's like it's what it's what it's what empowers the community, not my, not just myself, right? We're looking at individuals who are 
successful and full of abundance and they're empowering themselves mm-hmm. but that doesn't do any good for their com- for their community but when we sever from that identity and we and we release that attachment that just opens up more possibilities mm-hmm. and like Ryan was saying our greatest teacher nature when you look out into nature the possibilities are endless it's so open and so vast that anything is possible right i mean thinking about societies thousands of years ago that didn't have the technologies that we had that knew so much about the stars mm. and to them that was like this level of abundance that we have no idea about like we don't understand that because like space is abundant <laughs> and uh, so like I, I just that's that's what I think about well I just want to touch on this really quick because it has come to my awareness that we're speaking in some ways to an audience. We're having a conversation between us right now, but just that aspect of coming out into nature, it doesn't have to be a big, grand gesture. It doesn't have to be that initiatory rite of passage. Yes, being held in that container, I think, is the best way to advance myself, oneself through a process of growth. But if you're listening to this and you don't know where to start, I think that the best advice that I could give is just find some time in solitude in nature and listen and observe and see what comes to you. And buckle up. Because it's really <laughs> the it's the long game that we're talking about here. You know, we we talk about the long game, we talk about the slow burn. If there's one thing that I can really communicate in that same vein, it's that there is no quick fix. There's no instant adjustment. Like like when your back goes out and you want to just go to the chiropractor so they can just snap you back into position. None of that exists. There's no quick fixes on this planet. And anything that is sold to you that way is it's just snake oil. And... Um, and, and even just for myself, appreciating that I may never see the fulfillment of the vision that I have for a new earth or a new society of humans and how we can operate together. Mm. But if I'm at least, if, if I take my last breath and we're closer than we were when I, than when I was here, that's really the goal. Mm. And, uh, and that's not an easy thing for me to embrace every day because there's definitely the the part of me that was raised with a colonized mindset, uh, you know, from this long-standing tradition of imperialism and capitalism and um, the pursuit of advancing myself by any means necessary. We all are contending with that in different ways, Mm -hmm. but there's no, I don't think there's as many excuses anymore. You know, it's one thing to just be gentle with myself and acknowledge where I've come from, but I can't, I can't claim ignorance anymore. There's too much information out there. There's too mm-hmm. many opportunities to challenge myself to be better, to be different. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, Eric, you said it <coughs> earlier about, uh, you know, you're, we're planting a, fo- uh, a forest that we'll never, never see, that we'll, we'll never walk through. I think right. that's what you said. Yeah. And, um, I know yeah. there's Native American teachings that say, like, a lot of their, was it the, uh, the, the Iroquois Federation that talked about making their decisions based on the next seven generations, you know, mm-hmm. which I think is your great grandkids, great grandkids, and uh, and and yeah, I, I do. There, again, there is this. There's this. Um, well, okay, I'll say it this way. So, the same men that looked out in nature and saw all the potential, right? Basically made the world around us right they looked at they looked out at the same hills and the same landscapes that we're looking at now and they saw a vision of our cities and towns and technologies and everything that we've built with the dirt of the earth and you know for a time it was a great ride and it's kind of coming to you know it's clear that it's coming to an end and so we need to be looking at these same landscapes and envision like well what else potential like what else can we do with all this and how can we create 
systems and cultures and values and technologies and communities um, with the same the same dirt mm. that actually are more sustainable and more um, you know just more integrative to living in proper relationship on the earth like every other species does except for us yeah I mean if we even go back to as far as before humans had verbal language I'd like to imagine that those ancestors were still in their own way praying for in a lot of ways the life that we get to live here right not having to worry about where my food water and shelter comes from Mm -hmm. holy cow that's incredible Uh, i don't i don't imagine that they foresaw at what cost that really meant and in a lot of ways i don't think that a lot of humanity still realizes what that actual cost is and we're still kind of just free falling off of a cliff thinking we're flying agreed well final thoughts man before we wrap it up here anything else that wants to be said plug um speaking of getting out in nature and just listening the november 2022 first nature episode is uh, outdoor meditation of just that thing so if you've never under if you want to just a template about how to go and do that um you can check that out next month Heck yeah 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 and maybe just from you two guys guys who came in fresh to rising man and seeing where you are now and arrived at the station that you're in with where you see yourselves going any words of encouragement or thoughts that you want to communicate to the guys listening yeah you know you touched on this a little bit and it's still a painful truth for me to swallow but there is no quick fix you know having a vision and moving towards it in a progressive daily way has been the thing that has got me out of bed in the morning Mm -hmm. and that's not to say that that's easy and that I want to get out of bed every morning but knowing that I'm moving forward in a direction that I feel truly in integrity with with people that I love and trust has made all the difference yeah for for myself um, building community and while building that community you know, building, setting a goal that you'll never reach, right? But it's, you know, like you're just on the journey of creating, you know, the vision and the goal will be reached by another generation, mm-hmm. right? It's not, it's not for me to see the, to see the end, to see the end piece because it's the long game, mm-hmm. right? Your children are going to continue on. My nephews are going to continue on building this thing you know this new earth mm. because we'll never see it mm. it's planning that it's mm. planning that forest that we'll never get to hang out in the shade of mm. but knowing that the others will get to enjoy it at some point and there will be fruit to bear and other resources that will be more abundant and more sustainable i think you said it really well and the the one thing that brought back to me and something that is always a beautiful reminder is like have fun too yeah it's gotta be fun and just sitting around this fire and chatting with you guys has been a testament to that because mm-hmm. we do a lot of really hard and serious work out there and we've got to if we want to create the visions that we're holding and if it isn't fun what's the point yeah well said well it's just about that time signing off here from beautiful death valley as we say goodbye to the sun for a final day it's really nice sitting around this fire and (laughs) getting a little smoked out (laughs) for a few moments but really nice to drop in and have this conversation with you guys thanks for your contributions and yeah thank you guys not just for your words but really the energy that you stoke this greater flame of rising man with Mm. it's it's seen it's appreciated and there's no way that we'd be any anywhere close to where we are right now without guys like you Mm. i 
at you. I hope you enjoyed that episode. That was a fun one, something different, something new. Make sure you go to risingman.org slash compass to enroll for our next round of compasses coming up in the first half of 2023. Please subscribe to the podcast wherever you're listening to us and our YouTube channel, youtube.com slash the rising man movement. Lots of love to every one of you out there listening in, tuning in each and every week, supporting us. Appreciate you so, 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 so much. Keep it going and let's get a let's get a pop and start to the new year. Until next time, rise up and claim your destiny.